Is it because I'm funny or what? You are funny. Happy <laughs> Sunday. Happy Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so it's our anniversary month. I thought we could talk about our wedding day. Yes. Do you remember? What do you remember from our wedding day? Well, let's see. I remember so many things. And it seems like it was one of the best days of my life. I had the chance to make it legal. <laughs> had a, <laughs> yeah. I I had a chance to sing. I had a chance to learn how to sing as a transition from being in tears <laughs> because <laughs> of the soloist that sang just before. It was my turn to sing. It was a day of improvisation and it was exactly as we had envisioned it, I think. Kind of a family barbecue with a wedding attached. <laughs> exactly. In fact, I remember when we went and talked to the catering manager, we told her that we were planning a family party. Yes. And then about two weeks before the day, I told her we needed a little extra, another extra room. Was there a room that we could use because there was going to be a wedding ceremony? And she's like, oh my God. We have to order a cake. You're going to need flowers. I said, no, I don't need any of that. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, it kept it to the theme of not all the fluffery of weddings, but all of the fun and casual joy that comes from a family gathering. Right. And I think, and I've always been convinced with these catering people, if you tell them it's a family party, you're going to get one set of pricing for the chicken. If you tell them that it's a wedding, the price of the chicken doubles or triples or whatever. So Quite possibly so. I wouldn't want to marry several times to test that theory. No, but, but I think it's true. You know, and it's interesting because I was looking at um, just venues recently because, you know, I do some event planning. And I just yesterday was looking at a venue up in Milford. And it said, and it was very clear right on their web website, special pricing applies for weddings. So what does that mean special? I mean, in my mind, you know, like when you Cha-ching. go to Yeah, exactly. Like when you go to a restaurant and they tell you what the specials are, it's not that they're cheaper. It's just it's a special entree and it probably costs like $35 instead of their normal $23 dish. Sure. So when you hear special, it doesn't necessarily mean on sale or cheaper. Right. So. Right. Anyway, so you know what I remember from our wedding day? This this is the first thing that comes to mind. Yes. I remember leaving the Kellogg center the hotel right isn't that where i stayed with joe and my family at the Kellogg i center? think so yeah. yeah so we were joseph and i were driving out of the parking structure and turning left on hagedorn right it's on hagedorn i don't think so oh well okay well whatever that road harrison, is. harrison. okay yes. so i pulled left but as we're coming out of the parking garage and i'm turning left and it's sunny it's a beautiful day the sunshine and my sunglasses on Joseph looks at me, and I mean, he's all of like going to be 13. He was like 12 years old. He looks at me and goes, Mom, are you ready to do this? As in like, are you ready to rumble? You know, kind of a thing. You know how teenage boys are, sure. preteens or whatever. And oh, I Joe said, yep, is. Joe, I'm ready. You know, so I just, that's like my first memory that comes to mind. Isn't that wonderful? And then the second thing that comes to mind is once we were all assembled um, at the... University Club, I remember seeing 
the maids with flowers, you know, Adrian, Danielle, Madeline, Kaylee in their white dresses and how beautiful they were with their hair done and everything. And then the next thing I remember is I'm listening to the music, the choir, you know, some of the choir members from your church in Lansing came and did like a prelude of music, which was right. just absolutely beautiful. But I'm off to the side and all of a sudden the catering manager comes up to me and she's like, Lois, we might have a problem. I says, really? <laughs> what? And she says, well, about 20 more people have showed up and you only have seating. You only have table space for 120 people or 110 and 20 more people just came in. And I'm like, okay. I says, well, can you set up more tables? She goes, yeah, but we won't have, you know, the exact same, you know, gingham tablecloths or, you know, the plaid tablecloths. Sure. I said, no problem. I said, put on white or put on green. Just go ahead and put them out, um, you know, put them outdoors. And I put four or five more tables outdoors, which is what she did. And then I remember telling you that we have this, all of a sudden, this influx of people that we weren't expecting. And you turned around and you looked and go, oh. Oh, those are all my mom's cousins from Arkansas. And I thought, oh my God, it was the Paces. Right. And right. so I thought, well, okay, we just have, this is like a metaphor for life, right? We yeah. just have to roll with it. If people didn't RSVP, they didn't RSVP, but we're, they're here. They're we're, family. We're their family. We're happy they're here. And we just make accommodations, you know, so yeah. we just have to adapt. And, and those are like, that's one thing I remember. That's really something that's just pertinent on your wedding day don't get pissed off about shit that changes because shit's gonna change yeah life changes day to day we go through unexpected events and you just have to adapt it's really about being able to adapt so yeah. so those are those are like some of the few things that i remember from that day yeah it was very special i remember my dad struggling to breathe but he made it there mm-hmm I remember uh, one of my niece's kids was doing some dangerous it, stuff. It was Enoch. Yeah. He was he was dancing to the music, which was super cute. And then he was like walking on this cement wall, you know, putting one foot in front of the other. And I thought, oh, my God, he is so adorable. He must have been about three. He was pretty young. Yeah. So it was just super cute. And And the fun part was just seeing all of the members of two families coming together as one family. And I remember how precious it was when Joe participated in the ceremony. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was great to see your relatives, many of whom were able to celebrate a second event the next day, yeah. which I was really tickled at because you had not only planned our wedding, but your dad's birthday for the day after yeah my dad's 80th birthday was the day after and yeah that was super fun so so what else do you remember from it from the birthday or from our wedding from our wedding oh wow i do remember uh one of my friend's husbands wanting to take a dip in the swimming pool and he didn't have a bathing suit so he there was another friend of mine who was there are you blowing your nose now this is yeah. this is real life this is this is us, right? I got all teary thinking about today. <laughs> I, 
My eyes water. My nose runs. <laughs> We've been together now for a long time. You should know that's the cycle. Yeah. Followed by Dennis has to go blow his nose. <laughs> that's so cute, honey. I'm glad you're emotional about it still. But anyway, so I was talking about how Lisa's husband wanted to take a dip in the pool, but he didn't have a swimming pool, but Debbie's friend Michael did. Yeah. And so Michael goes, I'll go get my swimming suit. And he brings it back. It's like a corally pink color. And we were all like, who wears somebody else's bathing suit? But Rick put it on and he jumped into the pool. It was 73 degrees that day. It was really nice. But yeah. oh my gosh, it was just so hilarious. So we laughed a lot. Yeah, I that reminded me of a Seinfeld episode where <laughs> Jerry was not going to wear trunks or let Kramer wear his trunks. He says, my boys don't want to be where your boys have been. <laughs> Oh my gosh, good times. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then I remember when we left your we left the wedding that we left in your sixty five Chevy, which is now Cameron's sixty five yeah. Chevy. So that was yeah. fun too. Well, it was another fun event, a recollection of the day is that we had the Sullen's nineteen sixty five Chevy there and my mom, my aunt had ridden in it before when it was their mom's car mom's and dad's car and so some of my cousins attended and it was fun that my brothers took them and their kids for a ride in the car that they had taken a ride in as children it's uh part of the treasure of having a thing that has so many fond memories for so many family members connected to it and can afford new experiences. Yeah. Right? So yeah. that thing isn't the precious part. The, the fact that the thing leads to these wonderful experiences, it contributes to that. That's what makes the thing important. Yeah. And and um, in reflecting recently, as I transferred ownership to Cameron, he had to pay a high price for it. But part of the high price was also the high promise that he made that he's going to try to keep it in the family in 38 years or 40 years. He'll be 65 or thereabouts, and he will pass it on to the next generation beyond that'll care for this family heirloom. And it will definitely be a heirloom. I mean, it's an heirloom now, but even down the road, can you imagine? You know, it'll be like us seeing a Model T or something. Yeah. You know, it'll be that old. It'll be so much older. So, yeah, that'll be cool. It'll be very interesting. Yeah, Cameron's grandchildren someday might be saying, now, why did you have vehicles that rolled on the ground? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. You mean because we might have hovercraft. That's right. <sighs> Which were supposed to be here 21 years ago. I remember an edition of Popular Mechanics when I was a teenager and really getting into cars and I thought, oh, this idea of hovercraft by the year 2000. Let's see, how old will I be when I have a hovercraft? I haven't hit there yet. But. No. I'm happy with the way cars are. I, I like kind of being, uh, having wheels on the ground. I don't know. I mean, when I see this stuff going on with drones, yes, I just try to envision what would it be like if we had vehicles Yes. That transported us and weren't on tires. If they were truly like hovercraft or had propellers like drones. I don't, I think we got to not have propellers. I think those are scary, but 
Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with transportation as time goes on. And if people end up like, you know, today we were watching CBS Sunday news and they talk about all the cars in these highly populated urban areas. I mean, with people working from home or, you know, just our economy is changing with the pandemic and climate change and people not wanting to pollute the air. I mean, we don't know what it's going to be like. It could be something totally different, you yes. know, 30 years from now that we can't envision. I'm sure there are futurists out there that are studying all of this. Well, yes, they are. And I thought it was interesting in the recording this morning that we watched on CBS that this futurist made some predictions without evidence. I, I find that um, futuristic wish list not supported by what is possible by means of science. Um, not supported by science. I'm not so interested in. It's nice to have a fantasy. I mean, look at all the Star Wars movies that I enjoy. And... Oh, Star Wars. <laughs> I don't like Star Wars movies. I mean, they're okay, but I'm not like, oh my God, we have to go see that. I could really care less. Well, I'm, I'm... probably offending a bunch of people by saying that I don't really like Star Wars, but... It's it's just such a fantasy-based thing that it, I just have a hard time relating to it. Well, some people appreciate the fantasy in order to escape the uh, real-life reality. The only fantasy I like is the song by Earth, Wind & Fire called Fantasy. Oh, yeah. Ba-da-ba, da-da-da, 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 do 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 do. What what uh, what you're doing try. right now? I I hope nobody's imagining. <laughs> I hope I, it gets people to listen to Earth, Wind, and Fire for crying out loud. They've well, been around for fifty years. They're wonderful musicians. Clearly, one of the best bands ever. But the part that our listeners probably won't be able to get in touch with is all the dancing that you oh i have to dance you gotta move <laughs> woo, woo, woo. well at least i got to do some sound effects and some singing and some movement on this podcast today yes which seems to be like if i can check those three boxes it's a good podcast <laughs> speaking of sound effects i've got one sound effect that i'm pretty good at that Makes my brother David nuts. Could I try that out sure. for what our listeners? <laughs> what is it? A drill? It's supposed to sound like a drill. It does. And uh, do it again. <laughs> does it sound like a dentist drill or a carpenter's drill? Doesn't matter. It unnerves my brother Dave. Can you do it a little bit higher so it sounds like a dentist drill? I don't think it so. Has, it has to go up a few. No, I I don't think that's that's not <laughs> the. That's not the same effect. The effect is uh, has been used by my dad on all of us boys, I think. And I used it, gosh, in 2005. David was helping me install some cabinets in the garage. And he was up on a ladder. And all I did was touch the back <laughs> of his leg. Oh, no. And go... And he just about jumped off the ladder. <laughs> That's terrible. I, and I used I'm to laughing, do, but it's terrible. I used to do so, that oh God, when we were horrible. teenagers and uh, shared the same bedroom. So 
it was a good recollection. <laughs> and just coincidentally, they've moved back to Michigan. Honey, they've... you've told everybody that for the last three podcasts. Well, but I was finishing a story after you interrupted me. <laughs> and and that is that yesterday I saw Dave again for the second Saturday in a row. And it's a real pleasure to have Dave back. I didn't make that funny noise or teasing yesterday. <laughs> At Thank least God. I don't remember that I did. We'll have to ask him. Oh, yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> but family's okay. everything to me, and I know it is to you, Lois. Yes, and... family that respects each other. Let's just put it out there. Yeah. Right? That treats each other with respect because some shizza goes down, and I just, I'm not very tolerant. And neither, neither am I tolerant of people who are manipulative and, and try to gaslight other family members. I don't care for any of that. So Well, and who does? And you're telling me not to talk about this right now. Well, but you I know what? We gonna... I just I just have to, sometimes you just have to take a stand. Right. I thought this was going to be in celebration of family and love. and It is, but I don't want it to be unreal either. The reality is that we choose the family that we want to be with and we choose the friends that are our family. We have to make those choices in life. Yeah. And it, I don't know anybody in our family that gets along with everybody. I mean, when you look at every family, there's something that goes on and it's it's because there are people making choices and it's fine. It's we don't have to get all I just don't like that People don't want to live in the real world. We we can't always be focused on these advertising fantasies. Like think of everything that happened post-World War II to get women back in working at their homes, being homemakers, instead of staying in the job place. The government and the advertising companies got together and came up with these big campaigns about, oh, work from home, have babies and do that. You know, it set women kind back. Women were already working because men were off to war. But I'm just saying we can't always allow advertisers and the media to create a picture of life that is not real, that people aspire to. We can't have that. Well, I would prefer for our anniversary recording... I would prefer that we follow the scriptural references that with all the problems that we have in the world, it's better for us to reflect on all that is pleasing and holy, not on the negatives because the world is full of negative stuff yeah. and the beauty of having a loving, peaceful family is to be able to spend your time and your energy thinking and acting in that way. Well, and that's one of the things I like about you, Denbo, is that you always try to, you know, do that and focus on the positive and and yet you acknowledge that there's real life. Yeah. I'm not gonna say it's negative, but it is, but at times. But I mean you choose to focus on what is good and positive and holy. A small H holy. Yeah, it's something I learned from my mom and from her mom. You know, it's part of the treasure that's passed along. As uh, family members, we have the opportunity to share with the coming generations, developing into adults. Hopefully, they're going to have a way to cope with all the things that happen in life that aren't exactly what we expect. But we are a species of life that is able to adapt. And it's really about serving others. I always say there's oh, yeah. joy in service. You find joy in service. You can find satisfaction in service. It's all about serving others. Yeah. You know, I've had another relative recently ask me, you know, what 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 do I think the purpose of life is? And this was a conversation about a month ago. 
And I said, it's for me, it's about serving others. I mean, I think that's why we were put on this earth. That's... And, and I do get a lot of satisfaction from that. Yeah. It is in serving others that we are not selfish. It's in serving others that we think about our relationship with other people. I'm not proposing socialism in any way, but I am proposing that we are a society of people who have learned to cooperate and work together to common purposes. A family should be focused on how do we have joy together? How do we expand the family together? And it's one of the fun things as you spend some time thinking about our families that the next generation comes and they bring on the next generation. And it's sometimes family by biology, sometimes family by choice, but our loved ones are people that we choose to love. And it's making a choice to make a difference for other people that is service, I think. And I definitely draw the line at politics. I don't ever really want to talk about politics on this podcast. <laughs> well, if I could make one <laughs> politics comment. What? I don't care if you're one party or another. I love you. If you're a family member, I love you. Even if you have some area that you disagree with me, it should be all about the love, not about the politics. The connection of the loving connections that we can have. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to another topic still related to us. Okay. So what has surprised you most about being married to me? Oh, that's a tough question. Is it? <laughs> yeah, because you're full of surprises. <laughs> and you know how badly I disagree with rating and ranking Yes. So the most surprising, I've got to think about that. I I will beg for some time. How by, much time do you need? Like 10 seconds? Or? I was thinking about how long does it take you to answer the same question no, about because me? because my question will inform you and then you're, you'll answer to that. So, so let's just, <laughs> let me ask the questions. You did already. And you give me the answer. Like what has surprised you? Or, and it doesn't have to be the thing that surprised you most, but what are some things about being married to me that you didn't know prior to that we were married? But what are things since the day we got married till now that have just surprised you or been pleasant, unexpected things, you know, or maybe bad things that I've, then you've been like, oh my God, I can't believe her. Well, you know, I would, right. I would like to stay married to you for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, we so can disagree I'm, and still stay married, honey. I'm stuck to you like glue, like this. Like and 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 glue. you still don't let me talk. <laughs> That's never gonna change. <laughs> I know. I I think in uh, in reflection about that question or the various versions of it that you shared, I think the thing that has surprised me the most is I'm going to be real honest. It is the care that you gave to me. When I've had a medical issue. So that surprised I, you. I was hopeful that that would come when the time came. <laughs> well, um, you had a medical issue before we were married. This is true. Two of them. One, one, one you had an outpatient surgery and one you had an isotope put into yourself. But. Yes. Um, but nothing like the... Uh, 
radical surgery I had to have my urinary tract rebuilt. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was pretty serious. That was radical. That was radical, yeah. Yes. It was amazing. Although I still think we should have tried Debbie's idea. But um, <laughs> Which was we'll save that for another Well, podcast. yeah, we'll have to come back to that one. But then when I had the stroke, um, you were there. From the moment we realized what was going on, yeah. you were there. It felt like nonstop when you maybe physically had to go do something else like work. I still felt I your presence. I didn't work the whole time you were in the hospital. I I was off work for uh, from December 12th until January 21st. So well, I've lost, I didn't work the whole time. I've lost track of that But detail. I did have to go home to do laundry for you to go to your physical therapy yeah. and your workouts Well, the physical therapy was taking up a lot of my time. <laughs> well, because you went in that intense program, which was yeah. good. So. It was a good thing. But the thing yeah. that surprised me, I suppose, is that your care for me was so intense so all-encompassing that even when you weren't physically there, I felt your presence. And um, listeners to the podcast might know this, but I did not have that experience in my past years. And so having that, always a hope, always an expectation, but to have it come true was really that somebody surprising. somebody takes care of you instead of you having always been the one taking care of them. Yeah. Well, I am voracious. I don't know if that's the right word to use, but I am like focused, a, a huge advocate for whoever's, you know, needs help. So in that situation, I mean, you needed an advocate, and I had to understand what you was going on. You were my on. advocate, yeah. And if things were going on, you know, and you know, I don't know. I've I've only been in the hospital for two surgeries, appendix and gallbladder, and that was both of them were in my twenties. So I don't remember. I know one time there was a weird thing where they hung the wrong bag. Somebody else's bag of saline solution got hung on me. And I just, I went ballistic with the staff and made them fill out an incident report. And even though it was just a saline solution, it doesn't matter. I have a freaking wristband on and you have like a radio RFID thing. Boop, press the button, press the button on, you know, put the RFID on the bag. They should match. It should all be for Lois. It wasn't. It was for somebody else. And I went nuts. And so I had to be my own advocate that day. But I am just so hyper-focused, I would even say, on yeah. that you get good quality of care, that anybody who's hospitalized yes. gets good quality of care. And whenever there are humans involved, and I'm sure I've heard you say this before, whenever there's humans involved, there's going to be errors. And yes. it's not going to be intentional. Sometimes it's just going to be cut. It's just because... It's something they didn't think of or somebody dropped the ball or whatever. So I, I know that about people. And I just wanted to make sure that all the ducks were in a row as much as possible. Again, I accept that there are errors, that there are issues, that there are problems. I can accept that. But let's try to minimize all of that. That was my main goal. Not that your stay in, in any healthcare facility is going to be perfect, but what can I do to make sure that I'm at, you know, they're doing their day-to-day -day job. I want to be thinking ahead to what's next and then making sure that we have those conversations with the healthcare providers, you know, and that's what I was trying to do is just try to set up the duck for the next thing down the road. And is it going to happen? You know, so that's, that's all. And I also found out that making phone calls to make appointments was challenging. We ended up one day walking. just walking over to the office of this other place. I think it was the sleep apnea place, yes, which was sleep. fortunately in the same complex. We just walk over to the other building and, and talking to somebody and getting 
a, a much better information exchange than we ever would have by, phone. by making a phone call. Yeah. And so those were the types of experiences that were afforded by me being involved, right? Because I was there with you and we could, and I basically was saying, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And you were so lovely. You were not even pushing back with me. Like sometimes now I'll say, well, let's go do this. And you'll be like, wow, you know, you'll kind of grouse at me a little bit and say, well, I'm not going to, nobody's telling me what to do. But I mean, for those few weeks, you were so lovely and so cooperative. You were like, okay. And I was like, oh my God, I need to take advantage of this right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was probably under the influence of some medicine, but there is a phrase that I use often in my work, and you've just given glowing testimony to what is a truth. And in the red bead experiment, we illustrate that a bad system will beat the best people every time. Sure. And when you go into a hospital, despite the best attempts of people who work there, leadership all the way down to the people who clean the floors and the toilets, they're all good people doing their best. Yep. It's just sometimes the system is not as good as the system should be. So right. thank you for helping me overcome the system and helping the system on uh, overcome its limitations. And what has surprised me most about being with you? Yeah, what is that was... What has surprised me most or what is the, one of the things that surprises me? Yes. One of the things that surprises me... And there's probably two things. One is your consistency. You're very consistent. It doesn't matter what it is. You know what I mean? Like I know, well, we, we have, we share the same values, right? At the very highest level, we have the same values. I mean, the things that we bicker about are nonsensical, like, you know, what flavor of LaCroix water to get or something. I mean, should we get the variety pack or should we just get the lemon lime? I mean, like. Just don't get the key lime. Exactly. Don't get the key lime. It's horrible. (laughs) And there's that pear one isn't too good either. So, I mean, we do get into some little tiffs, but nothing major because our values are aligned. But what has surprised me is how consistent you are with your um, attitude, your positive attitude. Thank you. (laughs) It's real. It's like people meet you and they're like, oh, my God, he's so positive. I'm like, he is like that all the time. It doesn't matter what it is, even in the throes of a of a health issue. You are always positive. Thank you. <laughs> um, You're making me cry now. Well, turn no, you are always positive. Point. No matter what the situation is, you always, and it's not a fake positive. It's not a toxic positivity. It's, you're just a positive person. You try to always see the upside and, and try to work through the issues in a nice way way the other thing i really appreciate is your relationship with my son joe i mean he's our son now but i appreciate that you were so open and so loving to joe and you still are i mean obviously he's a grown man and he's living on his own with emily and um but you're so good to both of them and it just means a lot well it means a lot to me because joe despite being grown up and going through the teenage years has loved me and the great joy that comes from being able to work with him and learn from him and learn with him is a huge bonus to my life and uh, the fact that he and Emily often say as we do 
love you, the expression of love is something that I think is really important. And uh, my brother Dave shared something with me that I never heard from my dad. My dad was not ashamed to say, I love you. But at some point, Dave and dad were talking about it, and he said, my dad said that his father had never told him that he loved him. And the sense of loss in that is hard to fathom. And um, honestly, we've passed the point where you have to say that to me because of your many acts of love towards me. You always make sure I have underwear when it's time. <laughs> Just tell me when you're down to your last pair. That's yeah. all I, I need. I need one pair notice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can wear them for well, several days. <laughs> if I have true. to. <laughs> that's true. The other thing I appreciated too, because you know, when you get married to somebody that has a child, Joe was, when we met, Joe was eight. When we got married, he was 12. Yeah. Um, it's very, you don't really know what to expect when it comes to issues of discipline. Like, yeah. I never thought some of the things that happened would, would happen. And so when they did, and I was able to actually do some real parenting, you supported <laughs> me. Well, of course. And, you know, you didn't have like, you didn't try to counterproduct, be counterproductive or, or try to, you know, have a sidebar with Joe about what to do or whatever. I mean, like you, you and I were aligned and, and you let me take the lead on parenting my child, which I don't know that all parents can say that. Cause I think yeah. sometimes when you, when you have a child um, that has both active parents, but they're divorced and living in different locations, I think it can be challenging. So the fact that you were supportive of me while doing the parenting thing, and, you know, it that, that was nice. I mean, it was great that, you know, and sometimes I would, you know, do things. And then afterwards, he's like, "Lo, that was so good. Or, you know, it was it was good that you did that. And, you know, this happened or that happened, but you handled it well. For you even to say to me things like that was handled really well, that meant a lot to me, too. So, well, I appreciate that. Loving people means supporting them. And respecting them. Absolutely. But, I mean, supporting their learning and their development you need to get feedback to know, am I heading in the right direction or do I need to change direction? And so I always want to give people feedback that they can use. Um, it's good to know when you've done something that maybe could be done better. Yeah. But it's also even more important to know when you're doing the right thing. Yeah, it really is. It's It's better to encourage people in the right direction than to point out the things that are bad, I think. Honestly, I think that also with raising kids, like I, and of course I've read every freaking parenting book ever written because I don't read novels. <laughs> I don't read fantasy stories. I mean, when I had Joseph, I like bought every damn book there was or got it from the library. Uh, you know, the number one thing in raising kids is to not to focus so much on the negative, especially from zero to five. Don't focus on the negative behaviors. Focus on what they're doing right. And the kids will follow you into that rightness, right? Because yeah, they want yeah. to do, they want to please. And they and you <clears> set <throat> that foundation in the first five years by encouraging the child and being positive of the things that they're doing. Now, if they're doing something where they're going to jump off you know, or jump out of their crib or do something, that's different. But again, we don't reprimand them. We just support them and lift them out and, and get them in, onto an activity or whatever that's constructive. So again, always trying to be encouraging. So that yeah. you really um, 
your support in me guiding my child was super important and I really appreciate it. And look what a fine human being he is. Well, and you know what they say, God gives you what you can handle. And, you know, I was very fortunate to have Joe and, um, you know, he's got roots and he's got wings and he's flying and I'm so thrilled. Well, and I'm happy to and be And now part I'm of with it. you, Denvo, and I this is my whole plan is that Joseph would grow up and lead his own life, create his own life, and that you and I would create our own life and we're together now. Well, we've been creating and that now for some time and yes. I'm grateful to have you in my life and I'm I love grateful it. to be part of your life. And I love our nudist colony weekends and all the fun things that we do <laughs> and we love each other and we, that's what's important. So after 12 years of marriage, here we are. I'm about ready to rip my top off, to be totally honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. If you insist. Keep it fresh. Keep it fun. Keep it PG-13 on the radio. Well, I don't care if this is for adults. I don't care. I honestly don't ever let your kids listen to me because I'm just trying to just be who I am and not feel always so, I don't want to have to feel like I need to put a filter on all the time. So, Yeah, it's um, it's really rewarding. And for another episode, <laughs> we'll have to uh, share stories. Um, the, the idea that I'd like to express to our listeners to this podcast as Lois and I were talking about future podcasts besides today's, and so we're thinking about asking some of our family members to tell their stories about us, because I have a perspective about every story I've ever told about any of my family, and a few that I've never told, and they probably have some really good stories to share with us, with the rest of the listening audience, so... We're going to see if we can talk to some more of the family members. A month or so ago, we had my mom on an episode, which was a total treat. And we had Joe on for Mother's Day. We did indeed. So, so we'll yeah. have to more special guests. Yep, that sounds good. All right, Dunbo. Well, this was fun today. Very fun. And I'm looking forward to next Sunday. Indeed, it'll be always on a Sunday. Always on a Sunday. I love, I love you. you. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.